Hello. Hi. I'm Shannon. I'm Emma. And welcome to this podcast, Doesn't Exist. Doesn't Exist. Oh, I thought you were going to do a third oh. echo. <laughs> we didn't, this this we didn't show is recorded that. live for your entertainment to a ghost studio audience. Uh, who are we, Emma? We are two best friends who like to talk about the ooky, the spooky, the unsolved, the unexplained um, to each other, but also to you. We really enjoy it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. That's 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 <laughs> the my most that's my spiel. That's it's a, a lot, lot of fun. fun. If you have fun listening to our podcast, you can write us a review, write us an email, or share our episodes with your family, foes, and fiends. Where can they find all that information, Emma? At this podcast doesn't exist dot com. Dot com. I got the third one in there. Good job. Welcome to the, the ASMR episode, apparently. Ooh, ooh. I really want to grab my water bottle right now, but I won't because Emma will yell at it, me. Yeah, it's, um, it's it's got like it's it's got like bumps grid. on it yeah, and like I grid. have acrylic nails on right now. So, so it's it, really good. To her, it makes a satisfying sound. To me, it sounds like nails on a chalkboard. I have an auditory thing, you guys, although my audiologist did tell me that I have better hearing than most people. <laughs> I'm just very like sensitive to sound and i have an auditory processing issue <laughs> which is hilarious because whenever she's at my house the volume's up to like 52 yeah so i was like which is it's normally at like 20 and i'm glad that you got your hearing checked this is your reminder to make any of the appointments that you've been putting off i have to make my eye appointment so that I can drive you to your eye appointment. Yes. Um, we we have the explicit rating turned on. My blind yeah. bitch appointment, as we call it. Uh, because I have to get my eyes dilated because I'm a diabetic. And then I can't drive. So Emma drives me. So this is your reminder. Make your appointments. Do your stuff. Jenna? Drink water. Drink water. Everyone else drink water too. But, but specifically, specifically Jenna. <laughs> Put down the Diet Dr. Pepper. Uh, great. So, oh, at our website, you can find our episodes, our transcripts, our uh, socials. Most of our life as a podcast is on Instagram. So if you want to see any of the photos from the episode, either the current one or any past ones, you can find them there. And we if you want to send us an email and let us know how you doing, um, how we doing, and uh, if you have any fun stories or anything you'd like to share with Episode us. Episode suggestions. Anything you'd like us to share on the podcast, let us know. Yes. Right in. Do it. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> yeah. And we've also got uh, some A-plus memes. And yeah, we do. Reels and TikTok. If you've got a meme, Instagram. if you've got a meme you'd like us to share, oh my on god, Instagram, please send it to me. <laughs> please send it. Send it either to our Instagram DMs or through the email. We will be so happy to have uh, some content, fiend generated content. <laughs> yes, um, or you know, if you know us in real life, you could text us. <laughs> that too. If you know us in real life, feel free. Uh, we love it. Okay, so. I went to D.C. a few weeks ago. Yes, you did. And it was really fun. I was shooting some content for my job with my work friends. Shout out to Marissa and Holland. But I, I, we like went to some museums and I'm feeling a little inspired. Yeah. So today you're going, you're going to get a microdose of art history. I love it. 
with like potentially a weird twist question Uh-oh. mark um this is also technically a listener suggestion oh who suggested um, so sarah strunk sent yes. me a uh women in art postcard for like good luck vibes mm-hmm. um during the first week of classes in august of 2022 wow yeah <laughs> but i've had it on my desk since then and the time is now. The day is here. <laughs> We're doing it. I don't want to give anything away. Okay. So I'm just going to start at the beginning. Okay. And go from there. That sounds great. As 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 you well know, I am very non-observant. So I'm not going to know if you give anything away. No. I just don't. You know, like sometimes we'll be like, we're doing the mysterious death of so-and-so and and the disappearance of blah, blah, blah. But I'm not telling you if she disappeared or got abducted by aliens or any, you know, fill in the blank. Got it. I'm not telling you. You're not telling me the title of your notes. Correct. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Looks at laptop. Yes. (laughs) Correct. Um, What I can tell you, however, that today we are going to discuss... Elisabetta Serrani. Sounds so familiar. Oh, really? I was yes. going to say, any foreknowledge of, I, of I, her? I don't think that I can pinpoint why that feels familiar, but right. it does. Well, we'll find out. We'll find out. If, if it's just my brain going, yes, that sounds like a name. That's that a might name. also be. Those are it. words. Those are words. <laughs> Alrighty. So, Elisabetta Serrani was born in Bologna, Italy on January 8th. 1638. My baloney has a first name. So <laughs> you, you good? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, Sorry. Good. <laughs> it's intrusive thought time. You know, that's a safe one to give into. That's a yeah, that's a fun one. I'd rather you give into that one instead of the one that's like, what if I swerved into traffic? I don't often get that, which is good for my brain, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Good healthy brain. Good job. This is also a reminder to anyone who takes uh, meds for your spicy brain soup. Have you taken your meds today? Take them with water. Yeah. Do it. Okay. She was the first of four children born to Margarita and Giovanni Andrea Sorani. Beautiful names. Great. Giovanni was an art merchant and painter of the school of Bologna. He had previously been a favorite pupil of Baroque religious painter Guido Reni. Guido. Love that is it. his name. I love it. Her father did not produce many works during his lifetime. Uh, instead, he took over Rennie's job as a teacher and became the master in the first life school. And he was also, as I mentioned before, an art merchant. So he was very involved in the trade and the teaching of art, but he didn't do a ton himself. The care and keeping of art is what my brain said. <laughs> the care and keeping of art. Uh, Elisabetta trained in her father's studio, although this was apparently a bit contentious. Ooh, because she's a lady. Yeah. Sources indicate that her father did not initially wish for her to study in his studio, but that she picked up his techniques regardless. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's like, I, I know I know a lot of dental stuff because of my dad. <laughs> you also collect teeth. I, okay. I need no, to we, clarify. No, we're not explaining it. <laughs> Moving right along. I don't collect other people. Well, I do. Yes, you do. You have a box with my teeth, Tover's teeth. Moving right along. Okay. So the art biographer, Carlo Cesara Malvesia, a personal acquaintance of the Serrani family, 
claimed credit for recognizing Elisabetta's talent and persuading her father to train her as a painter, although this was likely self-aggrandizing. I was just about to ask. <laughs> I'm sure he was probably like, oh, so it's totally me. I noticed. He's, at a, he's at, a, at a party in the corner while everyone's admiring Elisabetta's like, yeah. artwork. And he's like, mm, it, I discovered I her. I discovered her. Her dad's a pa- I discovered her. <laughs> So along with technique, her, like, along with art technique, her early education included outlines of Bible history, the legends of saints, and classical mythology. She was also knowledgeable in music because her her brother-in-law, uh, one of them, was a musician. Beautiful. Love, love it. it. Talented family. Live, laugh, love. Live, laugh, lurk. Yeah. So that's a little bit, a little bit of background, a little bit. A little bit about Elizabeth. Yes. Uh, So now we're going to talk more about her her career. According to some scholars, Serrani's artistic reputation soon overshadowed that of both her father and her two sisters, who were also painters. Oh. By 1654, her father had developed a case of gout that made it challenging for him to work. So Elisabetta took over the family workshop. Oh, gout is so, like... Gross. Yeah. But, like, it, it, it gross for you if you have it. Like, yeah. it's not that gross for other people, but it's like, oh, it does not feel good. Yeah. Elisabetta started painting professionally at age 17 when she received a commission for a painting of the Baptism of Christ. And this work would act as a companion piece to an earlier work that was created by her father, Giovanni. Mm. So that makes sense. If he could no longer work, that she would do the companion piece. At this point, she was the household's primary breadwinner, Uh supporting the family with her teaching fees and portrait commissions. At 17? Yeah, because she took over her father's studio, studio, the workshop. Like her father before her, Elisabetta painted in the Baroque style with many of her works featuring religious subject matter uh, and or portraiture. Mm -hmm. Although she was known for her religious pieces, she also painted so-called profane subjects as well, often drawing from ancient history, the Bible, literature, and allegory to find her subject matter. She was also known for her unique perspectives and detail work. Uh, which brought new life to even frequently covered topics such as the Madonna and child or the biblical beheading of John the Baptist. So, right, you go to any museum of art and there will be so many Madonna and child so paintings. many. I like to play the game, um, has this artist seen a baby before? <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes the answer is no. Well, I I don't know where I learned this, but I learned a while ago that apparently for a while in art it was thought as like kind of sacrilegious to paint the baby jesus with having a child's face Mm -hmm. and rather would put a like man face on the baby because (laughs) it was like the right jesus as a man i don't i don't really know what the what the thought process was (laughs) I'm like, he just didn't want to think about the fact that at one point in his life, Jesus had to have his diaper changed. He shit his pants all the time. Like, that's just a fact. Yeah. (laughs) But like, it's just interesting. And then like other religious 
traditions will be like not putting faces on at all so like in the Amish yeah. tradition or in the muslim tradition they won't put faces on well, they don't they don't paint people well yeah and in, in the Amish in, tradition they don't no in islam really yeah i thought it was that they don't put a face on muhammad maybe i thought they didn't paint people but that's senior year of high school that i'm trying okay. to remember I we'll go it. we'll go we'll go do some art history digging <laughs> i want to know <laughs> So we have the Quran does not explicitly prohibit the depiction of human figures. It merely condemns idolatry. Ah, okay. So, so like using using any images as a way of like this is what I am praying to or like this is the yeah. thing that I worship as like a replacement for Allah. Yeah. But then like something else said like traditional Islam prohibits the use of human or animal representation in religious art hmm. um rather than use zoomorphic forms islamic art uses calligraphy and motifs for decoration so i think it might depend on like what where kind of and Islam? when and who was created like yeah. all you know all that of like the t- context of the art because i could see people being like you know let's just be safe let's not put any people because then we then yeah. they won't you can't you, you can't, can't get mad at idolatry. me. Like, <laughs> you can't get mad at me. I'm um, sure there's like a different. I mean, obviously, yeah. with all religious traditions, there's constantly different, right, competing interpretations of stuff. So, yes. um, as you all know, we are not experts. Yeah, so sorry. Even though I did almost get an art history minor in college, but I didn't. It's it's totally um, fine. But I know enough to subject you all to this. I'm very. This is really interesting. <laughs> So yeah, but she uh back to the point. Though she would do uh these common scenes in kind of a different way. Like one of the examples that I read about basically there's this this well-known story of when this this invasion happened and this captain of the guard like assaults this woman and then is like, "Do you know where any money is hidden?" And she's like, yeah, totally. There's money in the bottom of this well. And then she pushes him into the oh, well and stones him to story. death. Yeah. Um, but traditionally, p- scenes from that story would not show her, like, her bravery and her, like, striking back. They would be very, like, you know, her being overpowered. But Elisabetta painted her throwing this man in a well. Yeah. Which is great. You know, we support women's rights, but also sometimes we support r- women's wrongs. And that's okay. <laughs> so anyway, I love it. There's lots of pictures on the Instagram for you to check out. Also, one of the sources from the Uf- Uffizi Gallery yes, in the um, in the show notes, they have like a 38 slide thing. So you can look at a bunch of pieces of hers. I think that might be why I know her name. Yeah. Because I've been there. Yeah. So while she is perhaps most known for her paintings, Elisabetta also produced drawings, etchings, and prints during her career. And you can see that in that um, Uffizi gallery, like, roundup slideshow, power, it's not a PowerPoint, but, you know, a thing. <laughs> PowerPoint. <laughs> well, you, like, click yeah, through it, yeah. and there's, like, text on the side in the painting. Yeah. Um, her work rose to prominence within the political, intellectual, and religious circles of Bologna, even attracting the notice of agents of the Medici family <gasps> and therefore the Florentine court. Yes. 
Elisabetta was so fast and prolific in terms of how much work she could produce that rumors spread that she couldn't possibly have been the sole author of her work. Oh, because a woman isn't capable. I guess. But to refute her disbelievers, on May 13th, 1664, she invited an audience into her studio to watch her work on a painting commissioned by Cardinal Leopoldo de' Medici on the subject of justice, prudence, and charity. And that's one of the ones in the show notes. You can go see it. Elisabetta noted in her inventory that Grand Duke Cosimo III de' Medici witnessed her finish the commission in one sitting and was so impressed that he commissioned Elisabetta to paint a Madonna. And like, when you see this painting, you would not think that it was done in one sitting. Um, One hour in one sitting. But it's very impressive. Um, I love that she was like, Oh, you want to bet? She said, bet. Come on down. Come on down. See me paint. Sit down. I, pro- I Just sit. Just stay <laughs> there. Boom. Sources at the time state that she was considered an established maestra by the beginning of the 1660s. So, you know, it's not just, you know, some artists, especially when it comes to women artists, are not really celebrated until after their, their death. death. Yeah. But, like, she was a big deal while she was alive. People yeah. Yeah. noticed that, you know, they took note of her prowess. The Medicis were like, hello. Hello. Ciao. Ciao. Uh, she was fully aware of her abilities, writing in notes on portraits of her works commissioned by illustrious customers and the praise they received. She established the custom of signing many of her works, which was uncommon for the time, especially for a female artist. Um, but like even men at this time like weren't signing yeah. their work. And she was, was like, like um, this like, is mine. No, this is me. This is I mine. hire me. And like she would she would gift work to like specific people. Uh she was basically marketing yeah. herself. We love a marketing maven, yeah. truly. And I love this. For her most sophisticated clients, she would hide her si- signature in really clever ways. Oh. So, like, she'd put letters on the buttons of a of a jacket. So it was more fashionable, but she was also, like, still marking it. Yeah. But it was also, like, if pe- smart people who are, like, smart and, like, into art enough to notice those details. She'd be like. I love that. I did that. And I said, get your flowers, girlfriend. You deserve them. <laughs> Surani's. Biography is included in Malvasia's uh, two-volume work, Lives of the Bolognese Painters, first published in 1678. She is presented as the epitome of Bolognese genius. And Malvasia takes much pride in his alleged contribution to her early career. Yeah. Uh, You know, this was the guy that was like, I discovered her. But her dad. (laughs) But her family. But her emails. Um, Throughout... (laughs) The book, he praises the originality of her compositions, her style of drawing, her fast manner of working, and her professionalism. Like we talked about. Yeah. Elisabetta never married, though she was written to have a lively and warm spirit. Some scholars believe that her her father prevented his daughter and the income she brought to the family Mm. from leaving his household. That was my question. Yeah. Yeah, but he yeah. got gout. He's sitting on the couch going, bring me my money. <laughs> Elisabetta Serrani was not only the successor of her father's workshop and a successful artist herself, but a great teacher. 
She trained a number of men and women artists, including her younger sisters, Barbara and Anna Maria. Barbara? Interesting. Barbara. I just, I, 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 it feels out of, like, it's 1660s. I'm yeah. like, it feels out of place. It feels like a name from the 80s, but, you know. Uh, Barbara Streisand. Babs. Babs. <laughs> and at least 12 other young women at the school she set up. And this became the first school of painting for women in Europe outside of a covenant. And it was inclusive regardless of the women's artistic and social connections. Yes. You mean convent? Yes. <laughs> what I what she said. And this was notable because whether daughters of artists or new nobility, all of these women worked as professional artists, not only in Bologna, but throughout Italy. Oh, that's great. So it was it's not like this is just your hobby. This is like you're no. making this your life. This is your yeah, this is your career. This is your vocation. And it was the first school for women artists. Because, you know, before women have learned art, whether it's from relatives yeah. or, like, you know, other women artists would teach someone, like, one-on-one and pass it down. But this was a more organized yeah. setting. And she's in a position of leadership in a way that hasn't yeah. happened before like this. On August 25th, 1665, Elisabetta died suddenly. And without apparent explanation, after experiencing extreme stomach pains. Oh, no. Sarani's funeral was an elaborate affair involving formal orations, special poetry and music, and an enormous catafalque. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Decorated with a life-size sculpture of the deceased. Oh, wow. Jeez. She was buried in the same tomb as Guido Rennie, her father's teacher, yeah. beneath a faux marble Baroque sculpture titled The Temple of Fame that included a statue of her painting. And you can see this in the Instagram photos, too. Oh, wow. A drawing of it, at least. That's beautiful. Sorani was described by a poet as the lamented paintbrush. She is mourned by all, an official wrote to Cardinal Leopoldo de' Medici. The ladies especially, whose portraits she flattered, cannot hold their peace about it. Indeed, it is a great misfortune to lose such a great artist in so strange a manner. Mm. I agree, Mr. Medici. (laughs) Well, that was a letter to him. Oh, that's fair. I agree. Random stranger. Unnamed official. <laughs> no, they do know his name. I just didn't know how to pronounce it. So That's I, totally I fair. That's it. fine. I'm That's... sorry, Mr. Dead Italian Man. <laughs> I just, there's a lot of pronouncing in this episode. The only way I can respect and honor your name is by not by saying it. By ignoring it. Okay, so this brings us to the theories. I know, I'm very excited. Her devastated father accused a servant in her household named Lucia Tolomelli of poisoning Elisabetta. Why? Suspicion fell on her because she had requested to end her service to the family only days before Serrani's death. She was put on trial for the murder, but after the trial, the claims were eventually withdrawn. Okay. So, probably not. Okay. (laughs) Probably not. Probs not. 
Uh, the aforementioned art biographer Malvasia attributed her death to love sickness because Serrani had never married, to which I wrote, boo, his tomato, tomato. Yeah. <laughs> he suggested that it was not poisoning, but a condition that arose spontaneously in the body of, quote, a vivacious and spirited woman concealing to the highest degree her craving for a perhaps coveted husband denied to her by her father. What, so her, her uterus exploded? Is that what you're saying? Apparently. I don't, I don't know what. She had, she had uh, extreme stomach pains and then died. What are you saying? That she wanted a husband and her father said no. So she died. Okay. <laughs> Rumors of foul play mm. have persisted to this day. Even her contemporary, the artist Ginevra Cantofoli, who was 20 years older than Elisabetta, was insinuated to have plotted her murder because of a rumored love rivalry. So, like, she, so, and, she and Elisabetta liked the same person. Okay. So she murdered her. You murdered someone 20 years younger than you? Yes. Because you were, okay, whatever. I don't <laughs> I there's there's parts of this where I'm like I don't genuinely understand the like situation that they would have been in so like if that were possible I feel like it's any literally pick any like domestic thriller that's set in the modern day and like it's total single white female stuff yeah. of like I think my husband is in love with his young secretary so I'm going to murder people I'm going to murder people and her and maybe him Quite possibly myself, but yeah. probably not. I'll probably try my best to get away at the end, but I won't because the girl across the street has seen everything. <laughs> she was on a train. She was on a train. <laughs> the girl in the window. Or the girl on the train. Yeah, I know. Two different books. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. So my unfounded theory. Oh? <laughs> is that some male artist was all up in his feelings and decided to take her out because he was jealous of all the attention she was getting. There's that. And also, maybe people were mad at her because she was creating a legacy of women teaching and learning art outside of the home. Because, you know, hashtag patriarchy. Do we know if her school remained open um, after her death? I don't know. It only really talked about, like, here her are time. some names of the people that were Studied with doing her. it. Yeah, But, you know... Like I said, they all went on to work yeah. in Italy. So hopefully they... There was some kind of basis. ...were teaching in some capacity. Yeah. Um, yeah. But her actual cause of death was most likely the onset of peritonitis after a ruptured peptic ulcer, described by another source as, quote, a chronic ulceration of the stomach and duodenum. 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 Unquote. <laughs> could you could you spell it? Duo, denim, duo denim. I think yeah. I think you're. I think you're as close as you could possibly. They didn't be. cover it on Grey's Anatomy, so I don't know. Honestly, we could probably call my dad, and he'd be like, "It's dudum. Like it's it's something. <laughs> it's something completely different, like mesenchymal. Like it's a, a thing that happens with cells. I can't remember exactly what. Um, but uh, it's <laughs> cool. it's spelled like mesenchymal, and so I was reading out loud a, a title to my dad and i was like and mesenchymal cell and he was like mesenchymal i was like god bless you okay <laughs> he's like yeah it's mesenchymal and i was like great like mesenchymal mis molly brown that's the only way i'm gonna remember it and he was like as long as you remember it amazing 
but yeah, people are, they think that's probably what happened. Um, and this may have been caused because of the intense stress she had. She was yeah. the only real breadwinner of the family. And she's young still. Yeah. Like, she was 27 when she died. really young. Yeah. Um, and now I just have some random trivia for you. Elisabetta Sorani produced over 200 paintings, 15 etchings, and hundreds of drawings, making her an extremely prolific artist, especially considering her early death. She's referenced in Judy Chicago's massive and detailed sculptural work, The Dinner Party, which (gasps) I love. I'm obsessed with that piece. It's this massive, like it takes up a whole room and it's gorgeous. You should go Google it. I don't have room in the Instagram slides, but. In 1994, I was born. Yeah. But also, a crater on the planet Venus was named after Sarani. Oh. So that's cool. That's so sweet. I named a crater after you. Um, <laughs> it's like, uh, what's his name naming a boat? Andrew's wife. Look what I did. Yeah. Um, and lastly, Sarani's painting, Virgin uh, and Child from 1663 which is now in the collection of the National Museum of Women in the Arts here in D.C., uh, was selected for the U.S. Postal Service Christmas Holiday Stamp Series in October of 1994. And this was the first work by a woman chosen for the series. So, Well done. Represent. Yeah. So that concludes this episode of Art History Microdose with me, Shannon McCarthy. And I was like "Ooh, was she murdered as an excuse to talk about it (laughs) i mean the possibility is still there that she was murdered poisoned or i think what came to my mind was that she had something like the ulcer or Mm -hmm. something you know that just was in her body she didn't know anything about it no one else at that time would know anything about it and just died suddenly because it was just like a like a an appendix rupture or Something like that. Because yeah. that can cause extreme stomach pain. Indeed. So. Or like, I and I don't remember enough about, you know, um, material composition and usage throughout history. But mm-hmm. I feel like the 1600s feels old enough that like maybe there was something in the paints she was using that like contributed to her developing those ulcers And if she or was something. as prolific as she was and her body was still really young... Yeah. Maybe she was like the radium girls where she'd like lick her paintbrush. Maybe. I mean, lead was was used yeah. for white. Yeah. So, so it's possible. It could happen. We don't know. Um, we don't. But, but yeah. that's the point. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I really enjoyed that. Um, I'm excited to see what these paintings look like because yeah. I want to know if I've seen them. I, I think I have because I've been to U- the Uffizi uh, Museum. At least a few of them are from the Uffizi I love that name. It's so much fun to say. Uffizi. Uffizi. Um, but yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Good job. Thanks. I loved it. Yay. That was great. Thanks. And, you know, we won't know if she was murdered or not. Murder. But remember. <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to tie it in. It didn't really work. Oh, I don't know. This podcast doesn't exist. Okay, bye. Our theories do, though. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's the old English version of motherfucker? Oedipus Rex.